Welcome to Stuff That Matters, where we question, wonder, and love life. Well, so far it's only me, your host, Vera. In today's episode, we ponder the idea of being one, reincarnation, and the meaning of life. Nobody really knows, but we are all curious. For our story today, I will read you The Egg, a short story by Andy Weir. I hope I pronounced it right. It is told with a main character in second person, who is you, and God, who is me, in the first person. If you hear some other noises, those are my cats in the background. Please apologize. The Egg by Andy Weir You were on your way home when you died. It was a car accident. Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. You left behind a wife and two children. It was a painless death. The EMTs tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered, you were better off, trust me. And that's when you met me. What? What happened? You asked. Where am I? You died, I said matter-of-factly, no point in mincing words. There was a, a truck and it was kidding. Yep, I said. I, I died? Yep, but don't feel bad about it. Everybody dies, I said. You looked around. There was nothingness, just you and me. What is this place, you asked. Is this the afterlife? More or less, I said. Are you God? you asked. Yep, I replied. I'm God. My kids. My wife, you said. What about them? Will they be all right? That's what I like to see, I said. You just died and your main concern is for your family? That's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like a God. I just looked like some man or possibly a woman. Some vague authority figure, maybe. More of a grandma school teacher than the Almighty. Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. They didn't have time to grow contempt for you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will be secretly relieved. To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation, she'll feel very guilty for feeling relieved. Oh, you said. So what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Night, I said. You'll be reincarnated. Ah, you said. So the Hindus were right. All religions are right in their own way, I said. Walk with me. You followed along as we strode through the void. Where are we going? Nowhere in particular, I said. It's just nice to walk while we talk. So, what's the point then? you asked. When I get reborn, I'll just be a blank slate, right? A baby, so all my experiences and everything I did in this life won't matter. Not so, I said. You have within you all the knowledge and experiences of all your past lives. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped walking and took you by the shoulders. Your soul is more magnificent, beautiful and gigantic than you possibly can imagine. 
A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It is like sticking your finger in a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself into the vessel, and when you bring it back out, you've gained all the experiences it had. You've been a human for the last 48 years, so you haven't stretched out yet and felt the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here for long enough, you'd start remembering everything. But there's no point to doing that between each life. How many lives have I been reincarnated then? Oh, lots, lots and lots. And in two lots of different lives, I said. This time around, you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. Wait, what? You stammered. You're sending me back in time? Well, I guess technically, time as you know it only exists in your universe. Things are different where I come from. Where you come from, you said? Oh, sure, I explained. I come from somewhere, somewhere else. And there are others like me. I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but honestly, you wouldn't understand. Oh, you said, a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to other places in time, I could have incarnated with myself at some point. Sure, it happens all the time. And with both lives only aware of their own lifespan, you don't even know it's happening. So what's the point of it all? Seriously? I asked. Seriously? You asking me for the meaning of life? Isn't that a little stereotypical? Well, it's a reasonable question, you persisted. I looked you in the eye. The meaning of life, the reason I made this whole universe, is for you to mature. You mean mankind? You want us to mature? No, just you. I made this whole universe for you. With each new life, you grow and mature and become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There's no one else, I said. In this universe, there's just you and me. You start blankly at me. But all the people on earth, all you, different incarnations of you, wait... I'm everyone? Now you're getting it, I said, with a congratulatory slap on the back. I'm every human being who ever lived, or whoever lives, yes. I'm Abraham Lincoln, and you John Wilkes Booth too, I added. I'm Hitler, you said, appalled. And you're the millions he killed. I'm Jesus... And you're everyone who followed him. You felt silent. Every time you victimize someone, I said, you're victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was or will be experienced by you. You thought for a long time. Why? You asked me. Why do all this? Because someday you will become like me. Because that's what you are. You are one of my kind. You are my child. Whoa, you said incredulously. 
You mean I'm a god? No, not yet. You're a fetus. You're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout all time, you will have grown enough to be born. So the whole universe, you said, it's just an egg, I answered. Now it's time for you to move on to your next life. And I sent you on your way. When I was a child, I didn't know of different countries or peoples or even languages. I thought we are all the same. And I can see how probably all children believe that. Because it's just simply a universal truth. The more we think about it and do some research, the more we understand the benefits of feeling the oneness and being connected to everything. Feeling one means including everything and everyone, living creatures and seemingly only existing ones into your own experience. We are all made from the same nothingness and a few little particles that we call atoms and the magic that keeps everything together and makes us the person or animal or plant we are. When we are one, we are belonging, we have compassion, we have an identity that extends beyond the individual. It is a great time to feel one and connected right now, to protect all the other aspects of ourselves and love them tenderly, stroke their wounded souls and mend what we can. It's a great time right now to start opening your eyes and to see and recognize for yourselves that everything that separates is not natural. We do not need to possess. We need to share. We do not need to separate. We need to connect. We need not to hate. We need to love instead. Feeling and being one translates to being the best version of yourself. And through the act of being kind, and loving you make others feel loved and kind, the ripple effect. I'm not exactly sure how this connection looks like, but it is there, it is felt and omnipresent. Everything is interconnected, we always knew that, and that is an information interconnected into our being, into the vast nothingness that holds everything together. Maybe it is spirit, soul, quantum physics, or just a joke. We don't know, and we will never learn if we keep separating and hating each other. But as the story implies, we have all the knowledge that we need already. We just can't access it. Maybe some versions of ourselves can. Maybe it is what intuition is. We all feel it, that there is more than we can grasp, and we can only learn what it is if we realize that we are all one. If we all pull into the same direction, one that is backed up by love and kindness, if we allow it to pull us. Imagine everyone taking really good care of themselves, being happy and satisfied in all aspects of life. In today's time, in my world, in my mind, it means probably nourishing your body and your soul with good food, exercise, loving your family and friends. Wondering, wondering and observing mating, fertilizing, and living in harmony. You still have all the feelings left for some excitement, and nobody would want it to have wars if they are all fed and fucked. Why do we feel the urge to care about other people's business anyways? Is it jealousy, envy, competition, or just pure ignorance and unawareness?
Or maybe it is just curiosity about the other aspects of the self. But why do we have to tell others how to live? Would it not be so much better if everyone led the life they think would be the ideal for them? As long as we respect each other, of course. Why can't we live as one and understand that even though your neighbor might have different experiences and looks different than you, that person or tree or animal, whoever your neighbor is, has a heart and is a sentient being. It has a heart and a soul, it has a brain and just the same right to exist freely, to create and take up space as everyone else. Whatever you wish for you to happen, you wish to everyone else. And whatever you wish to everyone else is what you wish to happen to you. Because obviously we are all one. Maybe one person as portrayed in a story, maybe as fingers of one hand. People that had the pleasure to experience psychedelics feel more oneness because they had a little glimpse into the interconnection of everything and their ego lessens or disappears even. The ego or the illusion of separation are reasons we struggle. We would struggle regardless probably. But if we just were more understanding of life instead of economics, if we were to value the natural over the artificial, I think we could save life on planet Earth and even be happy, have some meaning and eventually become God. I see oneness as surrendering into the ocean, not fighting a tide or a stream, just living in the moment. All of you, all of me, all of us pulling in the same divine direction, realizing that we need to work together as one to rise up, to grow and to become a higher version of ourselves and maybe our civilization. If you enjoy the topic of We Are All One, an interesting book to read would be We Are All One, A Call to Spiritual Uprising from J.M. Harrison. Maybe we are also all just one moment. Time is only a reflection of change, some say. And it seems because that's the way our brains process time. Others believe time to be just a dimension. And they talk about the so-called block universe, where everything already exists and time is basically just the coordinate in the four dimensions. Others perceive it just the way most of us do, as a flowing, continuous thing like an arrow. Time is abstract and a mystery. People that had near-death experiences say that everything happens at the same time when they are in this near-death experience and they explain it because you don't have a body, a form you're bound to. You can be everywhere at the same time. If time is not linear, will not theoretically all the time be accessible from any other point in time? In our story, the protagonist is everyone anyways. So would he not have some information about all the other times and personas somewhere in his soul, DNA or nothingness? There is all information should be somewhere accessible again, present somewhere in our soul. In her book, Dying to be Me, Anita Moyani says, before she had her near-death experience and was bound by a body, life was like a huge dark warehouse. 
and she had only a flashlight to navigate. Whenever she pointed the flashlight, she could see a small section. But when she was able to see everything at the same time and had no limiting body during her NDA, no, NDE, it was like someone turned on the big lights and she could see the wholeness and everything that there is. I thought that was a really comprehensible metaphor. I'm just scratching on a topic and like to dream to be able to foresee the future or to time travel into the past. If you enjoy the topic of time, I would recommend Alf from Pablo Coelho. It's a great book. But there are plenty of theories and ideas out there. And honestly, even though I like to think about it, I can also accept that certain information is not helpful for my progress and that is the way it is. As we all know very well, from movies and books, any change in the past timeline can have unimaginable consequences. Nobody wants to have to deal with that anyway, I guess. Reincarnation is a very interesting concept and just as intriguing as the meaning of life. Imagine God made this whole universe just for you. And you have done a lot of awful things you do not understand. Do you believe there is a meaning to your life? Or do you believe it's a personal meaning at all? Or do you believe it's a universal meaning? Like one in this story. The Holy Grail. Why do we even look for it? And why does it matter at all? I mean, we obviously can't see the meaning and we do not believe in gods, let alone in our divinity. Do other living creatures think about the meaning of their existence? Are they divine in their own way? Or are we them too? I mean, we know that crows are pretty smart and scientists were able to demonstrate primary or sensory consciousness. We also know that octopuses are extraordinarily intelligent. It is probably too complex for our numbed minds to understand. We stopped believing in magic, not too many people believe in love, and even less believe that our life has a meaning. How could we see something divine behind all the destruction and cruelty that we are responsible for? But back to the story. Imagine you are everyone. Isn't that a crazy idea? You being everyone and still not even being able to understand yourself and the way you act sometimes? Where are all these aspects coming from? The unfamiliar and strange, the good and evil, the light and dark, the life-giving and life-taking. What if we are actually even more than just every person alive? What if we are the oceans, the forests and the air? What if we are everything at the same time and division is only an illusion? Would we be able to understand life and its meaning if we were able to connect to all aspects of ourselves and life itself? Would we transcend and be born? <laughs> Not too long ago, last year actually, I had a past life regression and the oracle told me I'm currently living my 818th life. And in my last one, I was a captain at sea. I spent most of my previous life stargazing. I loved the ocean. 
and the stars, and I dream of the ocean almost every night. I also picture dying and it would be probably the best death. In that instance of having so many lives, it seems like coming to Earth in a sort of course where we learn things while being limited by our body, our gender, the time we live in and the freedom we have. Sometimes I wish I would reincarnate as a jellyfish or my own cat and then I realize that I might be my own cat already. Why not? Just because my brain is not able to make sense out of it, it doesn't mean it's not possible. A friend of mine pointed out that she thinks you can get only reincarnated as a human. What do you think? It kind of makes some sense, but I also think I just want to evolve and be as enlightened as a bee or a fungi. Perceive the world with other senses and see different colors. The older I get, the more I try actively wander and keep myself open to all the magic. I want to actively expand my horizon and ask questions and look far beyond. I know, I can't do that only with this one version of myself. I need you all to think with me, deeply and instinctively. I know love is the answer. We all know that. That is the universal truth. I hope this episode inspired you to see behind the visible, to wonder and ponder how interactions with others affect you personally and of course to embrace this magical journey of life. I know it's still winter, but I can see all the buds on the branches and new growth on the ground. I feel the warmth of the sun on my skin and I am excited for the awakening. The party to start! springtime thank you very much for listening and for working on yourself and making the world a better place if you enjoyed this episode please follow my podcast let me know in the question and answer section what you wonder about and why i would also love if you would leave me a voice message on anchor fm and we can develop a more organic discussion philosophy is just better dynamic thank you Until then, love and peace.